0: What radio, the music you want. More variety than any other station on the planet. RadioWutts.com. What radio, the music you want. What do you hurt? The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. RadioWutts.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, just about Christmas time, and I've got a lot of Christmas parties coming up, and a lot of karaoke jams as well. Let's see. Oh, today on the program, Joseph Locastro, a millennial's third eye. You're going to find out more about that in the next few minutes in your ears. This week's shows, I have one public show, and that is over at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, Friday night. It starts at 8 p.m., and it goes almost till 2 in the am. This is the Rab, the place to be on a Friday night in Conway, Arkansas, full bar, kitchen. They have 10 pool tables, a pool tournament on Friday nights. They have the out on the party patio. They got shuffleboard, foosball, two foosball tables. Um, They got uh, darts giant checkers game a giant jenga game i think they have a, a regular size jenga game on the bar now i just saw that last week pretty cool and there's always something to do while you're waiting to sing with me yeah i said sing it's a video dance party karaoke jam at the rab in conway arkansas friday night yeah come sing for me you're the stars of the show 8 p.m until almost two in the am All right, let's get into it with Joseph Locastro, a millennial's third eye. Yeah, I wanna know more about that. Calling Joseph Locastro now. (laughs) Joseph LoCastro, please. What's going on, Key Dan? Ah, it's Key's Dan from the What Makes You Famous Podcast. (laughs) Hey, Joseph LoCastro, let's see, the Millennial's Third Eye.
1: That's what it is,
0: man. How's it going? Oh, it's so good. Tell tell me more about you. Tell tell the people a little idea of who Joseph LoCastro, the Millennial's Third Eye, is. Uh,
1: I've been excited for this all day. I appreciate (laughs) it. So, (laughs) How's it going, everyone listening? My name is Joe Castro, and I am um, the uh, the leader of the group of the a Millennial start Eye, and I'm 28 years old. I'm professionally a chef, and I'm a psychic, intuitive, motivational speaker, and I'm just, uh, I'm just like you, another person in the world. Um, what else about me, man? Right now, I'm just enjoying where life has brought me this past year, honestly.
0: I can dig it. Well, tell me, what what happened this past year? And then we can go further back and probably further into the future. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. I love it. Um, So even though we're starting off on a good note, we're going to keep this good note. But last year, unfortunately, I lost my girlfriend to suicide. Hmm. Um, So what actually wound up happening was naturally uh, you go through a depression and it shook my world up and flipped me upside down. And what it actually wound up doing was it put me in an unhappy position where I didn't even have the passion to cook anymore. I wasn't artistic. I didn't want to do anything. And this ultimately had put me in a position where all my fears, worries, and doubts were just right in my face. And this is something I, I didn't even know I was looking for the whole time, um, this 20 years of my life. But it brought me to the spot where I didn't care about what anyone would think about me and my decisions because it got to the point where my family was telling me I needed to figure out what I wanted to do in my career if I didn't want to cook anymore. And I'm thinking, you know, my happiness is important regardless of what I do next, my decisions. So I ultimately just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do. And I took a step back from cooking and it's just wild enough that it brought me to my happiness. And we have a hard time at times going, I'm looking for happiness. We don't know where it is. And I just kept pushing myself and it wasn't easy at all, but it brought me into podcasting on blog talk radio. And I was listening to a lot of blog talk radio podcasts before and I loved it. And I love podcasts so just like yours in general as well. And it brought me to so much happiness because I love helping others and being able to to bring uh, energy change to someone that is having a hard time, whether it be a conversation or psychic reading. And I'm just so blessed and, and grateful to have met so many cool individuals, especially the year's not even over. And I get to meet you as well. So it's it's been a great, great ride so far.
0: Joe uh, I mean first of all I'm sorry what happened with your girlfriend I mean I'm sure that was a, a devastating blow but through, through pain becomes tr- creativity quite often and and the story that you're telling me is it's really paralleling a, a lot of stories that I've heard is some people try and try and try and try and then sometimes once once they just let go And I'm not even sure what that even means. Let go. Stop trying so hard. Just take a path, take a walk, take a beat, take a breath. Mm -hmm, And that's mm -hmm. when things start coming. You know, when when you stop caring about things so much that you, you put so much importance on things, that's when things start to ease up for you. I, I don't know. What is the, what's the feeling that you have on this, Joe?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be the, the first one in my life to tell you I'll be straight up. My it was not easy. It's not easy at all. And I was I'm a complainer, so I was complaining about the feelings and it's exactly how you put it, the let go. Um the one of the coolest things about this universe is that I'm opening my eyes to is energy vibration frequency connects us all. And I came into this this a uh, bunch of different people, but they would help me out and be a part of my life and in, in multi multiple um places in my, in my life but especially this past year if i was going to be going through something there would be someone that already kind of already knew what i needed to hear and it helped me progress in those moments and i don't know if you've you've heard of it i'm sure as above so below or as within so without and this had brought me to those shifts where i would have these days where i'm going what is this feeling and it just wanted to let go and exactly how you put it go take a walk and it's really, really, it's, it's just wild how much I'm learning and excited to learn it. But when you're just sitting there doing nothing and we're getting stuck in those emotions, the energy isn't in movement. It's, it's just static. It's just right there. So it's not in motion where as if you're taking a walk, you'll start to let go of those energies and it's in motion. And you're able to think in a different aspect and let go and find a better answer or solution instead of that, that, that cycle where we're depressed or sad and that's that's the let go point I told he, it's there it exists we just have to put ourselves into that belief of I can do this or I will do it and I believe in myself
0: yeah Joe as above so below man I, I kind of re- remember that from my Catholic teachings early early on in my upbringing I'm sure it's a it has to be a post of, of most religions is you know you know god makes you in his own image uh, whatever creator you believe in or if you don't believe in a creator you know just you, you, you know it's it seems to be a, a a tent post of many of many religions uh, that as above, so below. He, he creates you in His own image. That kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I, I'm from South Florida and the, and the Florida Keys. I'm here in Conway, Arkansas, by way of that. And I know in the okay. Florida Keys, I used to, it used to be a lot more spiritual than. You know, just a lot of, of people coming together. And I remember I used to talk to a, a, a medium uh, named Nina, Nina Locardi, down in, in Key Largo. She's probably still down there. Uh, you know, every year, she would find me on my birthday. You know, even if we had lost touch every other time, you know, all throughout the year. And this is before Facebook. This is in the 80s and 90s. But, but somehow, her energy, or, you know, call it what you will... It, it used to find me. Is is this something that you experienced? Because you know, call, calling your. Ooh, hey, we're in the car now <laughs> with Joe. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, no you problem. Know, this is real life.
1: This is real life. This is me in in real time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, tell tell me about about the psychic part of the millennials' mind's eye, and how did that start?
1: Well. Alright, so there's, um, I, I talk about it in the sense of like two parts of me. There's like the previous Joe, the, the spiritual aspect where it was this past year, because I went through a lot of cool changes, and after that, there was this journey, or they call it, spiritual awakening journey, or your ascension journey, but um, it brought me into this whole new, new understanding of the spirituality. Um, for me, I'm also going to park my car, so it's not going to be beeping anymore, but um, <laughs> for me at a young age...
0: What kind of car do you have, Joe? What kind of car do you have?
1: I'm actually, um, I personally have a Volkswagen Cabrio, and I, I love the Volkswagens, and I just got stuck in enjoying those, but I'm actually driving someone else's car right now. Are,
0: are you but, stealing uh, cars, Joe? Tell me. Tell me what's going on right now in your life. Did, are you Are you breaking down to stealing cars?
1: No, no. I'm not stealing cars at all. <laughs> Whose car is it, Joe? <laughs> this is, uh, I've been seeing someone recently, so i to oh. driving their car.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, skipping forward, hey, you, your heart has melded, uh, uh, has uh, mended a little bit and I'm, I'm glad for that i'm happy oh, no, about
1: appreciate that appreciate it yeah no I'm, I'm i've come a long way but uh to go back to your question please i grew i grew up with um the spiritual aspect and i'm, I'm a santero for 11 years and i'm not sure if you're familiar with santeria i'm cuban
0: if, man uh, oh, so yeah i'm familiar you know I, and i believe that cubans let's see, they're they're 90 catholic and 100
1: uh santeria <laughs> yeah it's really it's a beautiful religion and many people if you don't know something it's it's we're natural to go to fear or worries and what it is or what could be and it's nothing bad and there's good and bad in everything, but um, it's not bad at all in my aspect and I so it helps me focus on my ancestors, my spiritual guides, the Orishas, angels, and that's my path. I know everyone's diverse and I accept everyone for who they are. Sure. But um, so when I was younger, I was literally eleven or twelve in the shower. And I remember talking to God in my mind or out loud. It was in my mind. And I was going, you know, God, I, I don't know what religion I'm supposed to be in, but I just want to help people. And looking back at it in a significant memory, it's brought me to these, these pathways. And I'm blessed and grateful for, for my journey. And the spiritual psychic part... I've been, it's been 11 years now uh, since I've been initiated. And that was the beginning of where I started to remember as a kid, things I did or said um, spiritually that I didn't know how. And also as I progressed throughout my, my my life so far, it's brought me to understanding of energy and listening more intuitively and allowing it to come through instead of hiding it and being my authentic self. So really the um, how it came about was just, the love and and want for it and and knowing it's meant for me and also pursuing it more throughout my life as I'm progressing. And as I uh, went through this depression throughout that year, I said, you know what, I'm going to start doing readings. And I didn't do public readings before. I've done it for friends and family, Mm. uh, friends of the family. And so when I came across to like locally in town, it was like a challenge. It became more of a progress because it wasn't done before on a public level for me. And I took it to the next level where I said, you know what, now I'm comfortable publicly, I'm going to go online. And I'm, I kid you not, I'm so, I'll never forget this day. It probably was the third day I went live on Facebook and I kept hearing spirit tell me, go live, go live. And it was one of those (laughs) moments where I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm not ready for this. I was still doubting myself to go on, on Facebook live. And that was the day where I told everyone who was watching in the beginning, every 10 viewers, I'll give a free reading and i looked up one moment and there was over 200 people and i said wow <laughs> yeah well these I are, are I don't know, these man. are people I don't searching man
0: these are people that are out there looking for a path and you say happiness i mean that's in the constitution pursuit of happiness or the yes. dec- the was it the the, the declaration right Uh, it's in there people are always looking for happiness it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get happiness but you're allowed to pursue it (laughs) that's uh, you know that's that's Mm -hmm. something but uh, okay the first 11 years of your life where did you grow up and uh, you know because i know at 11 you say there's a turning point somebody turned you on to santeria but previous to
1: that Mm -hmm. what were you doing joe so, previous to that, from what I can remember, as as younger, younger ages, um, I, so I grew up in the Hudson Valley of of the New York region. So I'm still I'm living here currently, and I was traveling previously after that. But we'll get to the the younger parts of my life. Yeah. So I grew up in I grew up in the Hudson Valley, and over here it's. Seasons, of course, Uh, I'm more close to the apple orchards. We have apples and grapes and it's a beautiful area I recommend anyone to check it out, especially in the the spring and summer. Uh, I'm not a fan of the winter. So I grew (laughs) up um, (laughs) I grew up with my family. I'm Sicilian and we have traditions. Every family has traditions but I grew up around food and my dad also had Italian pizzeria growing up and my birthdays were there and we had family traditions in the sense of making tomato sauce in August. So I, I had all these food memories with family and love. And, and it actually was interesting because as I got older, I first wanted to be an electrical engineer. and I wound up going to uh, culinary for culinary arts. But I realized later on, too, that this had connected to so many different avenues of life. But also when I was younger, I just I was grateful to have a really good childhood and I still have a great life, but you start to be grateful because of things that you go through with your family. And, but I'm just another person, another part of the world, man. Um, I'm very, very understanding and respectful because we're not perfect, and I did things as a kid, so we all have our own um, experiences and what we did. But, hey, I like baseball. I played for the town, and I'm just, I'm just another person in the world. That's all.
0: Well, New York pizza is a staple, man. That's a thing to, to someone who's never been really further north of the of the mason dixon line i'd like to get to new york one day i have mm-hmm. friends in new york a lot of uh, talented people that live up there and, and some of my cousins uh, have have since meandered on up there from south florida and and are, are working on broadway or near broadway and then uh, but you know certainly the food and Food can be very spiritual, man. It brings people together. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. best times with your family and friends are around a meal. So, yeah, the culinary arts very important. If you can cook, man, that you you're bringing people together. You're making some happy times for people. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that, that's a great place to start. And, and so, I love, yeah, go ahead, I joke.
1: love love this um this aspect that you're taking on for the view of especially with food and and coming together because. I was thinking about this recently, how we all have our own view of experience and how we can understand something to explain it. And you might hear someone like, I love motivational videos, especially uh, Gary Vee or Tony Robbins. And that's that's recently I've been listening to to help my, my mindfulness and progress with my own self. But food and energy and individuals, if you think about it, you know that show Chopped, right, on the Food Network?
0: I'm familiar that there is a show called Chopped. I I don't think I've ever gotten to see it, though.
1: Okay, okay, so there's the basket, and then everyone has to create something with the same basket, but they don't know what's in it. And this is almost how, like, I look at diversity in life around the world uh, because it's almost we we have the same ingredients around the world. Historically, though, how did that culture utilize that and their own experience or their own knowledge? And that's the same thing that I see in our own life, of I might have gone through something similar, but it's something different in my own view. But it's something in a, in a way that you might understand how I went through it, if that makes sense. A little bit, a little
0: bit, you know. But you say you you're, you feel like you have a basket that that you don't know what's in it, but you can do mm-hmm. something with it. Is that kind of where you're going?
1: Well, no. My point. My point was, if there's three people on the on the show, right, or there's the three baskets, and everyone has the same ingredients in it, it's just more so. What are you going to make out of it with what you know so far? Gotcha. With your experience, and as chefs to go on the show, it's almost to me. It's like life. Uh, we all have the same basket some of us don't, some of us do, but how we experienced it and utilized that basket or where we are in life now, there's no levels to it. I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. We're, you are you are me and I'm you. So, just,
0: just knowing your background, Joe, I, I feel like if we had the same ingredients in our kitchens, uh, <laughs> y- you would come out with a masterpiece and I would come out with a big pile of goo. <laughs> no.
1: Stay positive, man. Stay positive. Yeah, there you go.
0: Uh, you know, I guess I can make eggs and, and, and boil water. So, uh, yeah, I'll be all right. I, 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 and I'm a pretty big boy, so I guess I, I can ch- uh, stand to miss a few meals here and there. Don't no, trust-
1: man, I'm pa- I'm a part of the clean plate club. Yeah, don't so. trust
0: a, a skinny chef. You know, uh, <laughs> that, that's something, man. You just brought something up. My I, my mom, I when I was younger, I was hey man, I, I've always been heavy. And there was a small time when I was running a lot and and I and I got thin, but uh, you know, I, I I once complained to my mother. Hey, mom! They call me fat at school, and she said, "Hey, be quiet and finish your plate.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: finish your food." I was like, "All right." <laughs> so that's the advice I got uh, as, a, as a, from a young age. So, all right, you you've been in New York most of your life in the same yeah. area, like around apple orchards.
1: Yeah, so over over by me, I'm I'm near. Um... Hyde Park, New York. There's the Roosevelt um, historical landscape over here, and there's different there's different sites. But I live uh, personally near like orchards, and it's a beautiful spot. I'm very grateful. There's a lot of apples. There's like a hundred acres behind my house. It's not my property, but that's the part I live in. And you know, twenty minutes away, there's another city. It's not there's no apple trees. But uh, I didn't stay here my whole life. I I moved around a couple times. I took an adventure, and it's actually I I recommend it to anyone who is thinking about it and just wants to go because there was a couple of times I just chose to go somewhere without ever going. And I've been to South Carolina for a little bit. Uh, I was in Florida for two years. That's the last place I was at. And I love, I love Florida. I was in the Tampa area. Yeah, I went to T- Tampa, Clearwater, and St. Pete. Her- and home so of Burt Reynolds.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they love him there, man. And the, yeah, was it a Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They still playing out there?
1: Yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were out there. It was a good time. I actually watched the Yankees at the training stadium. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. That was the that was perfect view too. I was I was impressed. There wasn't a bad seat in the place. So um, yeah,
0: you you were a baseball player yourself when you were younger. Uh, did that did that that ever go anywhere, or, or did you do take that to high school, or or no?
1: I mean I took it to the high school like uh, tryouts and I didn't go past that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> hey man, who knows what could have happened. I was meant to be a chef and here I am. I'm a spiritual chef and another person in the world, but it's cool. Um I was hey, a, people was need to eat, Joe. You you got the right you, you got a right job, man. That's good. People need to eat. And um to go back to the moving thing though, Please. I wanted to share that is one day I decided I was gonna move to Tampa. My you know, my mother she was going like, What? How, where are you going to work? Where are you going to go? And within a week, I only had gas money. I had a place to stay temporarily before I got paid. I had a job that I hopefully I started to get to work uh, right away as soon as I got there. And it all worked out. And I was there for two years. And I, uh, it, was, it was a good time. Unfortunately, things had to end a certain way, but it was what it was. But it was awesome because I'll never forget it and to take control of your life and this is like in any aspect though to believe in yourself to speak about it to do it and be positive it can do so much for you
0: yeah i'm so you pretty much went there by yourself maybe had a, a few acquaintances who moved down to tampa that you you followed along down there
1: i didn't intentionally fo- i believe it i'm serious about this too i had no idea who was there and actually that was the part of my thought process is when i decided to go who do i know in tampa next (laughs) at least help me get a job right and coincidentally i did know someone that was from florida that i met as a chef here in new york and they were actually in tampa already so it was kind of interesting and they actually hooked me up with a job there so it worked out perfectly fine
0: that is and that's what happened with that so Um, and you left the the whole family i guess you, you had brothers and sisters in new york you left them all
1: yeah. Yeah. So I didn't leave them just like that. I mean, no, no. I, I mean, still- I, <laughs> hey, I,
0: I tell everybody in their twenties, go, go do stuff. You you still have Wolverine powers, man. You're made of rubber. You could fall, you could jump, but you know, you're you're not gonna hurt yourself too badly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I believe I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so uh, uh, I, referencing R. Kelly. Hmm. <laughs> he's had his own share <laughs> of uh, mishaps, but that's a whole uh, other story.
1: That's, that's a whole other story. I was just doing the song, man. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. I have a, so I have a Tampa two years.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Tell me about your fam.
1: I have a younger brother he's 18 he's um different personality of course but uh, i love the guy he's an awesome brother he's got his own thing going on he likes guitars and he's like a 70s kid it's interesting but uh really really cool he's got a leather coat and boots and yellow sunglasses so like cool man but who influenced yeah, no, I, him
0: on, on that man was that mom and dad into the 70s music
1: you know I grew up in the car going to my cousin's house in Long Island and my parents were like listening to Motown. And at the time I didn't like it because I was just trying to listen to my CD player and (laughs) jam out to whatever songs I was listening to. But now I love oldies Motown too and Billy Joel, all different stuff. So I don't really know how he got influenced. And that's a really good question because I don't know where the 70s just came out of him. He's like, I like rock and roll, man. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs)
0: for the kids out there a cd player is kind of like an mp3 player but uh you know it's a disc you had to actually put in there and for the really little kids an mp3 player is like an (laughs) ipod cds man (laughs) you're taking people back
1: they have those youtube videos now where like kids are kids are checking them out they don't know what they are i'm like what's a walkman or what is (laughs) it
0: <laughs> i have this seen i have seen it man i've gone down that down that youtube rabbit hole i, am, I appreciate that so all right so you got a younger brother that's into music you would say he's kind of into the thing it's but is he a musician
1: he um he's like an independent he's a young young kid he's 18 he's independent at home playing piano learning guitar
0: cool. he's interested
1: in it and i think that's awesome for him He's, he's learning like everyone else. So we I believe that we all evolve at different times in our life, and he's going through his own little time frame of evolution since he, he graduated high school recently, and he's uh, just, just about almost through his first year of community college. So he's like, I don't know if I want to do this now. Do I want to do something else? So I think that's an exciting time because I did the same thing. I was like, yeah. do I want to do this? I was like, no, nope. I want to do culinary arts, man. So I went for it, and I did it. Yeah, so what was
0: your – I mean, uh, yeah, he's going through his own, uh, his own journey to where he's – finding out different things trying different things how many things did you try when you got out of high school or or even in high school uh that you were hey maybe i'll be this when i grow up maybe i'll be this when i grow up how many Mm -hmm. how many things did it how many attempts did it take before joe figured out his path
1: um let's see here it wasn't too many attempts because as I at a younger age, my grandfather was a was a doctor. He was a general practitioner. So I was I was spoon fed the Are you going to be like your do- your grandfather and be a doctor? <laughs> no pressure. I was like yeah, and and you know evidently I I can't stand blood work or needles or anything like that. So I'm like yeah, I don't really uh not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and my father is a custom cabinet maker. So being around that as a kid, I kind of thought it was boring at first, but I really the the more I'm progressing, the more I realize it's important to have different hobbies. And it's something I enjoy doing once in a while, but I don't want to do as a career. And that was another move I made. I was like, yeah, well, not this one. It's okay. Nice. After that, I went to electrical engineering. I truly, like, honestly love working with electrical things. And in the sense of wires or even as a kid with subwoofer and electronics and the audio. So different things like that intrigued me. And in community college, it brought me to, like, pre-calc and i just couldn't do it <laughs> I couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> yes I, I remember mr hernan in my community college trying to teach me pre-calc and he would first day he's up on the board blah 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 blah. x equals c equals what and i anybody have any questions nobody raised their hands except for old keys dan <laughs> i'm i'm not sure i'm supposed to be here so yeah. <laughs> so who who was it okay who was it in that was in the pizzeria I think I missed something I thought that was your dad
1: Oh so yeah I'm sorry he did do um the Italian pizzeria also but he took a time frame of his life where he put that as an important um position in his life so he did more of that than actual custom cabinetry And after a couple years, she stopped doing that. Went back to full time uh, making custom cabinets, commercial. He was doing more commercial, and then he went residential.
0: Okay, I'm just trying to figure out who taught you how to cook, Joe.
1: No, it's okay. Um, Who taught me how to cook? So growing up around food, I I love food. And actually, my mom had a hard time feeding me as a kid at a younger age. She was like, "All I fed you was pastina. It's like the little little tiny little pastas." (laughs) And I was this is like, hey, kids like what they like, man. (laughs) <laughs> at 28, I'm like, uh, that's interesting. Now I have a hard time like, trying not to eat certain things. I love food. And I realized that the love for food, I, I watched my grandmother and my mother who um, cooked for me. And I was also around food in my, my father's restaurant as a kid. So to me, later on, I didn't realize it. But graduating college from culinary arts, I realized that this has been a, such a big impact on my life that it's symbolism of love. And it's really cool and I love to share this because it's true. Love is a awesome big thing for everyone. And it could be a hobby. It could be a way of expressing yourself. It could be what connects you to the world and what you live so far. So what what happened later on was that I just got I lost the passion for cooking and I was depressed with what happened to me. So I didn't even want the, the love aspect had died, you know? It's the aspect of where does my love go? There is no love to give out, and I want—I don't want to give it. So this—this this part of me, like, just wanted to know where can I go to discover new things about me, which I didn't know I was doing. So now, looking at it now, um, I've took a break from cooking for six months. I recently just got back into cooking within the past month, and what was funny enough was the universe literally went, "Okay, I see you," because I did a Facebook Live where people kept asking me, "Joe, are you going to do a Facebook Live cooking on the psychic intuitive page?" Like, well, yeah, why not? And the day after, I got a job um, lined up just for the universe. It was like, here you go. Start cooking again. So, so I came nice. back to it. And what just happened the other day, and this is real, and I want everyone to understand this because our thoughts and energy, our intentional energy is important. So I literally, we have coleslaw. It's on the menu here, a place I'm working at. It's coleslaw. But I actually ran out. And it was just a little, like, you know, the mixture of the coleslaw was still there. And I just had a little bit of coleslaw. I had to like cut it up real quick just to serve some. We have those moments. You don't want to be in that moment of, oh, any coleslaw. But so I'm making it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put some love and intentional energy into it. And I said, this is going to be the best coleslaw you're going to have. You're going to be like, wow, this is the greatest coleslaw. What do you put in it? So the waitress comes back and she goes, Joe, they want to know what do you put in the coleslaw? It's so good. And I'm laughing because if you just put love into it, it really does change a whole lot of things in your food.
0: I believe that to be true. I mean, and, and the one, one of the things that, that KFC taught me, if they taught me anything, was how to make coleslaw. It's cabbage, <laughs> if I remember right, it's cabbage, carrots, and onions. Pretty much that's it. And, and then the coleslaw dressing. Is that what you put in your coleslaw?
1: I, um, <laughs> so I put carrots, onions, a little bit of celery. No, no, coleslaw. Sorry. What am I thinking? I'm thinking about potato salad right now. I'm just messed up. <laughs> um, coleslaw mayo salt a little bit of sugar um what else am i putting in it sometimes i put a little bit of carrots in it i don't put too much when it comes to coleslaw but i love doing blue cheese coleslaw that is really good that's a little bit of sour cream some blue cheese a little bit of mayo it might sound gross to people when they think about mayo but when you put it together it's really good depending on what you're like barbecue stuff Oof. Oh man,
0: you're making me hungry, man. My mouth is watering already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Joe Look Castro,
0: man. And we're talking about the food part, and I know we're going to get into the the millennials' third eye part uh, of you. Uh, but the, what I mean, what what kind of food were you cooking when you first started out when you when you first got a job and the, and the passion for cooking? And like I said, mm-hmm. did you have any formal training for cooking, or, or is it somebody something that that Mama mm-hmm. taught you or
1: Grandma or? <laughs> so the the love for food i i wanted to i loved eating so then i got to the point where my friends at a certain age were making pancakes and i was like why do i not know how to make pancakes yet so i started to force myself to cook but at a little at a little part of my um i had to be so young i cooked eggs and i burnt them and i made it from i didn't know i made it for my mom I was like mom i made you breakfast and she goes Oh, I'm actually not that hungry. <laughs> That's the so, sweetest
0: thing, though. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm
0: guessing a little eight, nine year old Joe Locastro yeah. there. Yeah, a little, little nine year
1: old Joe.
0: Yeah, I made you breakfast. There's gummy bears and and uh, uncooked spaghetti yeah. in there. Or, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's this my, my best. There's my
0: best in it. So, yes.
1: Um, yes. I tried as a kid, and as I got older, the inspiration to cook the food part really just came from the want and love for food. And later on, I started to understand that whole connection and what it wound up going after college was I went into so many different avenues. It's kind of interesting. It's like life was like, don't worry about what the resume says. Worry about like just learning. And I went to a catering place and I went to a higher volume restaurant. I went to a seafood. So I have so many things in my resume and it's not that, some people would think that it's bad because you, it looks like you jumped around, and some places, hey, it is what it is. You have to do what you have to do, and I couldn't, I couldn't stay as certain things happen. But right. I was in such a wide variety of different cuisines. One of the things I did too was I worked with Justin Warner on the. He's from the Food Network. He won the the fifth season of the Next Food Network Star. He's actually still on. He's a, a judge on guys' grocery games sometimes, or he'll be a judge on different Food Network shows. But I worked with him in Brooklyn at a place called Do or Dine, yeah. and it was Asian infusion. So I've done Asian infusion. I've done French, um, Southern French infusion. I've done well, Rustic Italian. Wait, what's
0: Asian infusion? What What are these different types of foods? I mean, that sounds delicious, too.
1: Oh, it's so much fun. I love Asian infusion and also um, molecular gastronomy, but we'll get into that in a minute. But Okay, so, Anything infusion is essentially like Asian infusion. You're taking Asian ingredients and, uh, let's say, American ingredients, and you're infusing them to make a a dish out of something. So some of it was seasoning. Some of it was Asian ingredients that maybe you don't see only in a market, and you're using that to correspond with an American dish that typically it might be one way, but you have something with more flavor and impact from a cultural background of specifically asian so it's pretty pretty awesome especially um i came across mexican korean and that was really cool they did a korean uh burrito oh my god they were on tv too they're in the city called uh gorilla barbecue they want the food the next food truck race the great food truck race something like that but infusion is taking two worlds and putting it together making making flavor from two different backgrounds and it's fun because Now you're opening the door for a whole other variety of things. And it's, I look at food and cooking and life all together in one and, and experience, because if you open doors and avenues of possibilities, you're not just doubting yourself going, I don't know if I can do this. You're opening the door to to other things such as, Oh, what if I try this? What if I put this together? And for me now it gets to the point where I have so much fun where some chefs might be like, no, you have to do it this way. I intuitively just put things together and not to sound egotistical or cocky, not, don't take it that way, but it comes together and I don't know how I do it sometimes. I'm impressed with the flavor. So it just, I have fun with it, really.
0: Joe Locastro, your spice rack must be incredible. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing, man. I, I, I imagine spice rack, spice after spice after spice, and, and the man knows how to use it.
1: Well, you know, you, you got to have adobo on there. You got to have adobo, sazon. You gotta have some like garlic and onion powder, but you also have to have some some Indian masala. It, it's diverse, and you know
0: people. You you brought up adobo. That's MSG, right? Adobo,
1: it has it and does Sanzon. have MSG, and yeah. MSG is really not bad. It's not. It's-,
0: it's not, man. I I listen to science podcasts all the time, and, and and they they've debunked. It's not
1: a bad thing, man. It is what it is. It's a spice. Yeah, just a spice, just like molecular gastronomy. It's, what that is is. It's taking one structure of some of one thing and breaking it down into another one. So, for example, uh, strawberry foam, or they, they they make um, uh, what do they call, what do they call those? Hold on, I'm having a moment here. <laughs> uh, they're either pearls or they're a little bit more of a larger ball but they almost could be like an egg yolk looking. You could change the color, but you can put different liquids in it. And it could be, for example, a mango uh, shot or a pickleback shot if you want to take a drink with it. And in a sense, it, it breaks in your mouth. But it's changing the structure of one thing and putting it into another. And there's there's things such as xanthan gum or there's things such as uh, sodium Imagine agita- agita- I can't remember the words right now. Hold on. Man, that's this it. is some
0: Willy Wonka <laughs> stuff, man. When, eat, yeah. when he eats that gum and all these flavors just start bursting out of it, that's what I'm likening this uh, gastronomy. Is that is that how it is where you, you taste one thing and you're expecting one thing and then, boom, other flavors just start pouring out? Is that, is that what you're doing?
1: Uh, What I'm doing personally, no, I'm doing comfort food right now, but I love doing molecular gastronomy stuff. And that's exactly what it is. It's more like a play on a visual art, but also um, with flavor and how you're enjoying the meal and how it's presenting itself to you. It's a, it's an actual art in a sense. So it's really cool. I I, uh, suggest if anyone has never heard of it, check it out. One of my favorite chefs personally is Grant Ackett's and he's got a he's got a restaurant and also a bar so he's got cocktails that are, they look like a science lab so it's pretty pretty cool
0: well there's a lot of chemistry to it i mean i'm just looking it up right now and it's uh, it's it looks pretty cool man and somebody who specializes in that could be uh, could go somewhere and and, and just uh, expand minds and that could connect the two uh, the two parts of you how about that
1: <laughs> there you go that's yeah that's it all right that's, so like
0: that. what was the first food job that you got i mean you know I, like i said i, I met I, I was at kfc before that i was at garcia's mexican restaurant uh scraping cheese off of uh off of plates as, as the mm. dishwasher you know and i and i recommend you know any kid who's tr- looking for their first job hey don't don't uh Don't discount the dishwashing job, man. It teaches you it teaches you responsibility and No the dishwasher position,
1: man, is the the most important honestly in the kitchen because if the dishwasher isn't happy or they're not they're not there to do the job, everything does stop working. Like you can't keep going without the dishwasher because you're either it's not about washing dishes at the end of the night, it's about keeping continuously going as a machine, as a team. So that's why you gotta respect dishwasher because they could be like, you know what? I don't want to be here. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're stuck cooking and washing dishes and trying to keep everything afloat. But oh, yeah. um, so before I even got into my first actual cooking food hospitality job was working in a, a town deli. And it's interesting because the town, there's a town deli and it was almost as if there was all these uh group of individuals from high school that worked together. And then there was also the town um, ice cream parlor, which I didn't work at, but it was another town thing. But I grew up in the town and I worked at a deli and it was awesome because it would be after school and it was with people I knew from high school and we just got together and we, you know, served sandwiches and whatever we had to do. But it, it was a good time. That was the first job I had as a kid. And if you wanted to know about the first job I had after college, it was actually um it was actually the the catering job and the catering gig was interesting because it was actually in a um, buddhist monastery type of um spiritual retreat center huh. and they were they were located there so we actually i was catering with them for that building but also off premises for them as well for that business well that and leads they, me to
0: believe there's some specialized kind of food there uh, when you say buddhist right
1: it wasn't uh, there was times where it was, yeah, because there was different groups that came in. One, some of them were more strict on what their practice was, and they had certain methods on how they were going to eat. and And I'm not familiar with all that, but uh, they were all diverse and different. So some groups were just there to learn and for the spiritual retreat they were going for, and we just had different variations of meals. But it was really cool because you went from. well i worked in different cuisines so in this part it was some of it was indian some of it was um, some dishes that we have but it's more rustic and fresh a lot of it was all fresh and that's that was and always is the key aspect to a good cooking position a good cooking meal of uh, menus because everything's fresh It's a garden you care and catering is different it's a whole different animal and i love it because there is a timing, there is a certain amount of people, there is moments to be shared, or what's, what's being catered or why is it there for to begin with versus the actual restaurant. They're both cool to me. Catering is more you're there for moments that people have or you're part of people's moments with food. So I have more of a sentimental thing personally with that. But that was my first out-of-college out job.
0: No, I can appreciate caterers. I, I DJ a lot of parties, weddings in particular, that they use catering. And timing, what you were saying, is definitely everything. As One of the first things I do when I walk in the door is I go and talk to the caterer and I say, hey, what time do you have dinner down? Oh, 6 o'clock? Okay, I'll time everything up to that. The first dance is the toast. And, and you have to be on the ball to where you get all that food out at the right time. Uh, and, and that's an interesting thing that uh, about the catering because some foods could take 45 minutes to prepare. Some take, some take two hours to prepare and some take uh-huh. much shorter. But you have to have all that food come out at the same time how absolutely yeah how, how difficult is that
1: a lot of and i don't i'm not saying this to uh make anyone feel bad or anything but not many people sit down and think about what's going on in the kitchen and that's where me personally it's not a it's not what the customers think or feel it's not it's more or less they have to enjoy that that moment and their meal but in the kitchen there was several places i had a lot of respect for because they actually had parts in teaching me um, timing. And one of the best places I was at was actually in South Carolina. And this place was so good that everything was verbalized with minimal words. Everyone was a team that communicated going up in the window for this table at this time. And if you're going to be um, late on that ticket, you were one or two words. That was it. And I actually got yelled at. They were like two words. It like, was too many words. It was very simple communication. <laughs> So there's a lot involved when it comes to a really good restaurant that's putting things out on time on that ticket, and they're putting so much care about that table. There is places that still care, but, for example, like high volume, there's still so much food. It's a big kitchen, and they're pumping stuff out. There's still appreciation to the, the actual dish, but there's more detail when it comes to a smaller restaurant that's putting so much detail onto each table individually and their plate. And I find out um, that this is all playing a part of my life in in an awesome way because I'm seeing so many different aspects of what's good, what's not good. What do I want to do? What do I not want to do? What did I like about this chef or my boss? What do I not want to do as a boss for someone else? So it's teaching me about cooking, uh, managing, but also being a good individual. And I've seen a lot of things go down sad for others and it's not comfortable to be in a hospitality industry with with um, anxiety some people have anxiety some people are depressed so you don't get to see your family when you actually put so much dedication and time and motivation and i started to actually feel that when i was away in florida you don't really get to see your family when you want to take off it's almost cutthroat who's going to be able to take off Who's going to be able to uh, get that time when everyone else is going away and you just got this job here? So it's not fun sometimes. Hey, Joe,
0: I mean, you're talking about when you're making food, you got to put that love into it. How did you get to South Carolina?
1: (laughs) South Carolina. So honestly, when I was younger, I also loved South Carolina because of visiting. And I didn't go to – we first went to Myrtle Beach, but I actually avenued off into um, Johns Island and Charleston area. And what the, one of the reasons, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you uh-huh. was I had a breakup at the time Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go find a job in South Carolina. And I, <laughs> but I did it though. And I went to drive, I drove all the way down there. I did two interviews. I got the job right away after the one um, I did and I liked it so much. I made a deal. I was going to go back at a certain time, but I did it. And I was, <laughs> I was there for, you didn't know anybody months, in South
0: Carolina still?
1: Uh, So I got lucky again. This is the same thing that happened with the Florida one. I wound up going to school with someone that lived in South Carolina in that area. I said, hey, is it cool if I would be able to stay at your place for a couple of weeks so I can get settled in? I got this job here. He's like, yeah, not a problem. And that's what I did.
0: That is cool. And the gang, man. And, and you're talking about breakups. If women think they don't rule the world, they do, man. We, we do so much for them. And, 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 yeah, we we have feelings, too. Men have feelings, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we all we all have feelings. And one of the most important things that I can honestly share is that it's really important for everyone to love ourselves first. Because we actually, um I, I look at it in a sense of karma, positive and negative. So whatever we're doing in this moment, if we're not happy we have to really try to be more mindful of why are we not happy? What is it we're thinking about? Cause we're spending that energy. And if you're spending that energy in this present moment, you're putting it out in karma. So you're going to receive that back to yourself. So are you going to waste it on the opinions of others or the sadness or waiting for someone or putting yourself first, making yourself happy. And that's been such an amazing understanding. And I can't honestly say I did this all by myself because people have to play a part in helping us in our journey. So when someone's a part of my life and that comes into the picture and they're able to say, you know what, this is happening because of this. And you're not be happy. So one of the best things I've heard this year is someone said, Joe, you know, when you're happy and you do all these things because you're happy. And I said, yeah, well, why don't you do them when you're not able to receive the other things that you're looking for? So people look for love and a good job and money are working out situation perfectly. So instead of waiting for those, just treat yourself the way you would treat yourself there now without that and that was honestly a click in my head going you know what yeah and it actually helps that that present moment bring in positive energy and it helps that cycle so it, it that really helped me out honestly well people
0: helping people that segues back to now we can get to 11 years old when you were first introduced to santeria who introduced yeah. you to that and and how did you open that uh, spiritual mind's eye
1: so okay, my mom, my mom was introduced to a Santera that um, my my great aunt went to, and she, my mom was sixteen, I think, fifteen, sixteen. But my great aunt went to uh, this lady, and she she showed her a picture of, I guess, my mother and family. And she said, "I need to see her." And apparently, my mom was like a wild, wild child. Mom, I love you. If you're listening, like this, this, is, this is all I remember. But you're not. your case. she's a great mom. She was she was a wild child in 16. I don't know. So she said, I need "Hey, to I see just her. I just did a
0: podcast with my mom, I, and I learned what she did before I was born."
1: Yikes! But okay,
0: <laughs> continue.
1: So she um, she met my mom, and she helped her out through readings and whatnot. And eventually, from what I remember, oh, through my phone.
0: No, we're here.
1: Okay, cool. So um, eventually she uh, gave my, my mom a heads up, but like, you're going to meet two people. One of them's your husband. And she gave my mom like um, starts with an A and he works with his hands. And my dad's name is Anthony and he works with his hands. He's a carpenter. So <laughs> but things had progressed, I remember my mom telling me they were going to hang out one night. And my dad had like three flat tires with, with her. And she was like, you got to see this lady. So you got some bad juju. So. They had went to her over the years for help with work and things. And for those out there who aren't sure what, what Santeria is or Santera, Santero, um, it's a priest or, or a priestess that is a practitioner of Santeria, but uh, gave her and my dad a reading and to help us with our life path, keep it open. No, nothing's blocking us. And it's a, it's a good thing to keep you in the right direction. And it helps you stay on your feet instead of in trouble or from, from things that you don't need to go through. Um, so over the years, that's how I, I was a part of it. I really didn't know what was going on as a kid because it wasn't something that was forced on. It wasn't something that, um, I had to do. So what I actually wound up happening for me was someone was introduced to our family and it was a, it was a new, um, Santero, but he looked at me and he was just getting to know the family. So that way, um, it wasn't just like a, a help us out. One, two, three, see you later. It was someone who cared, which is very, very good to to be around. And he looked at me and he goes, you're going to be on my side of the bench. And I went, what do you mean? Cause okay. you're going to be a Santero. And I went, Oh, cause I already felt this as a kid that I was supposed to be doing it. I, I wanted to, I just didn't know anything about it. And he, he told me why. And it was a, I was actually to save my life and I didn't know right away. Some people might go, well, yeah. Okay. Everyone could say that. But he said, I want to give you a reading later on next time, and we'll see if this is the case. And he did. And it actually um, corresponded to my my grandfather, who passed away at a younger age before I was born. And there was a cycle of reincarnation where it was uh, to break this this early death. And that's exactly what I did. And so much detail has come out of that. And the religion is just, it's a beautiful thing. Because for me, as an individual with this path, I've experienced um, different understandings on a on a higher scale as an individual person where it's brought me so much detail of understanding myself it's not just something that's a reading as a psychic intuitive there's so much more in depth to individuals that uh, practice so it's it's different for everyone if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but the arishas are are beautiful as well there's different different arishas for different reasons and personalities so 11 years that's where it all started and my godfather is awesome he he actually um lives in colombia now but this has this has brought me to different avenues of travel too so i've seen him in puerto rico i've been to cuba uh where else did i go with him i haven't gone to colombia yet but it's a beautiful religion that's how it started for me um to get it when i was initiated but Here I am now. Well, how did it progress from there?
0: I mean, did you stay in touch? Did you, uh, you know, have the crystals, or did you kind of practice a little bit here and there? And I know it got solidified over the past year. You've already alluded to that, but was it always a thing in the back of your mind, Joe?
1: So... Santeria before I was initiated I knew I, I felt this pull I didn't know what it was and what so when I heard this and I stepped into it it was just like home for me and as I got older there was parts of me that and this is not just the aspect of myself where I felt it I see it on on others as well where it's, it could be a psychic intuitive spiritual journey where others are well, we're human. We overreact at times. We think that so-and-so is doing this to us for a reason or there's a bad energy happening. So I would just more so, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna use the word use. I would talk to the Orishas to help me with what's going on in life. Mm-hmm. It could be anything from work, school, um, relationships, jobs. I already said job, work. So different <laughs> things. So it was always a part of my life. I never really looked at it and, and talked to them or worked with it in the sense of what I want because there's wanting and then there's forcing. So what I mean by that is there's things that I would want, right? But um, what I mean is forcing and we, we don't want to force anything because what's not meant to be, is not meant to be. So I would leave it up to them and say, listen, you know, Oh, is my mother. And I said, Oh, I love you. This is what I, this is what I want. But if it's not meant for me, then, then take it out of my life, remove it from me. So instead of, putting um, what we call an Ibo or giving something to make it happen or trying. And it's not a bad thing. Like if you want a job and you really want it, you can ask the Orisha. If they say no, say no. So some people just don't want to say no. though They don't want to accept it. And for my life, it was always there. But recently, um, I'm more spiritual than I am uh, a priest in Santa Riga. And what I mean by that is I grew up more spiritual based with working with my spirit guides who are still a part of the a spiritismo part of the um, religion so uh-huh. spiritismo is just the just the spiritual realm different branch right and <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> so you're clarifying
0: all this I'm learning a lot about it I mean my my mom and my grandma were into the santeria and I, mm-hmm. I've been to a seance and you know I did I don't know how much I I believed in it. But as oh, a kid, you, you're pretty susceptible, you know you, you 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 hear you hear suggestions, and yeah, okay, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open, but continue.
1: So, no, um, I appreciate it. And for most, this the how it's per- supposed to be, or if you in a perfect world, you're supposed to learn about your ancestors and spiritual stuff first, and then progress later on into the religion and and Santa Maria with your But no one's perfect. And so I said before, I was doing it to save my life. And I went backwards and forwards. So what I mean by that is I had to do what I had to do, uh, learn about the Orishas, kind of come back a little bit uh, again to the the spiritual part to learn more about my spiritual path and go forward against the Orishas. So for me, it was backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. But that's how I had to learn it. And we all have a different path to learn it our own way. And that's why I'm explaining in the sense of I'm really a spiritual person before a priest. Okay,
0: but are are you heading towards priesthood or or w- what is it? What is it that you're you're doing now with the millennials' third eye?
1: Okay, well, technically, I'm already initiated, so it's been 11 years. I'm already okay. what they call crowned, so I'm already a priest in that in that sense. But I'm not ready to be the. Um, I'm ready to be a god godfather, but we're always learning. So there's so much to learn. So I'm I'm more looking at it in the sense of I'm not ready to really teach yet, but I'm still learning in that in the Aresha realm and the Santaria realm. The the millennials third eye, what it has come into is so cool to me that I don't even know how I, I didn't plan it and I didn't <laughs> it's just it's organic, right? It's organic. That's yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. And what it started off was psychic intuitive just being me. And it has grown into what I would call my authentic self, um, overall and, and me now, me online and who I am is I'm a chef, I'm a psychic intuitive, I'm a motivational speaker. And my goal as I'm progressing, I'm loving this mindful stuff because it's all true. And the more I'm learning, the more I love to share about, My personal experience on energy, metaphysics of energy, how it's important because of what people want to manifest and create in their own reality and life. And so we all get excited to bring in abundance and pull in money. And there's so much more to this. Uh, So I, I get really intrigued as I'm learning and using it. To share it with everyone and also still give readings, but a millennial's third eye is a podcast. It's a chef. It's a comedian. It's a fun loving individual. It's someone that you could be comfortable with and listen to and be honest. And if I don't know it, I don't know it. I'll be honest with you. So it's so much in one. And that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Joe Castro, uh, Joe Locastro. I I hope you never stop learning. Uh, don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hope even the priests don't stop learning because you have th- this world is always evolving and the energies are evolving. If you know, call them whatever you will. Uh, the, you know, the the Earth is evolving. We're a part of it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so t- tell me about. I mean, do you do uh, some of the readings online or or over the phone or. Or do you do yeah. it all in person or, or, I mean, it, look, it's always better to, to be face to face in in my opinion, but, but, uh, you know, tell me about, about all yeah. the services that, that you can provide with the millennials third eye, the, the business part of it. I know you do the podcast and that's great.
1: Yeah. So I, I really, I, I want to be honest you. There's times where as I'm doing the podcast and giving readings on there and giving readings in the beginning, I was like, I don't know how I do this. Cause there was one part where it was so much fun. It's this it is spirit, really, like it is. And I remember someone they would call on on the uh It was a live podcast, yeah. And it would go into the recording afterwards. You could listen to it. And I remember someone calling, and I would say, "Hi, what's your name? Where are you calling from?" They would I forget who it was, what, where they were from. And I said, "Because I don't like to hear questions. I don't want to know anything about you." And I remember going, "Are you calling about a brother going in your home or something like that?" She went yeah my mom died and he's going to my mom's house it was like i don't even
0: know how to do this oh my goodness i mean some people will call that insight and some people call it hey there's there's somebody connecting with you you're connect. Mm-hmm. you're well connected to, to the planet man to the to the i mean what would you call it what, what do you call it do you uh, have a spirit guide is it an energy that you feel is it something that just hits you in the in the forehead yeah. and you go oh a picture came up look at that
1: yeah, so I offer, I do readings on, I do live readings, I call them the mini readings, and sometimes I'll do free mini readings, or I'll do like a 10 or a lower amount, and then if you wanted a full reading, it's, right now, the the cost, I, I like to do deals and, and change it up for people to uh, afford it, because I don't like to charge a lot of money, sometimes I'll just go, you know what, here let's just do this but i'll do private readings over the phone if it's far away if you're in my area and i have a spot to do it in i'll do a public one it's mostly over the phone but i also offer um i have a mentorship program in the sense of if you wanted to book a service for uh, a session over the phone and it's been really cool because i i just listen to my guides and they're the ones that help me narrow down how to what is your gift or if you have the gift and what can we uh help you with to bring that in and there's times where Someone was a medium and they didn't even know it. And they got so comfortable that they had brought someone that I knew as a friend that passed away. They had no idea who it was. They told me details about the person. They didn't. And the only thing that they didn't know was their name. And they said that they do, that they die this way. This is how they look. This is what they're saying. And the personality and everything was there. And I was just blown away that it's really cool to watch someone evolve over the phone or energy or in front of you and they're doing it. So I do that as well. Right now, I'm also doing a tarot class. I do it on Zoom and everyone had uh, paid for the class. and They have their tarot cards. And what I do actually is I teach it intuitively in the sense of not looking at the book. Don't worry about what the book says, because what's happening is what, what you're looking at is the definition of that card. And instead of instead of doing that, all you're going to get is that meaning for that card. And the cards fall in different positions and there's energy from you in that reading if you're reading someone right it's it's their energy so it's going to change everything in that card whereas intuitively not only are you looking at the imagery of your tarot card and the sense of the position or what it's what it's um what you're pulling the cards for you're allowing your spirit guide your intuition to tell more detail about the person that they need to hear for this you know the messages so i i'm teaching that tarot class as well this is my second time for the class and I love it so much that the first class, I said, you know what, we're doing the same thing over again. And you can guys can listen and join in for free. So we all, And everyone gets together and they, they get happy. And we don't realize how much affection and, and participation we have on people's lives in the sense of helping. I was doing a tarot class and I'm realizing that people are coming together more and becoming happier learning something together. And they have something to talk about and learn together over the, over the Internet. And it's it's really cool. It really is. Everyone's a happy appreciation and it's I'm grateful, honestly. So that's what I do right now. I'm cooking more so. So it's it's kind of um when I have time to do the private readings or if I have time to do the, the live stuff, I'm still going to do it no matter what. I'm Make time for it. But that's what I do. And I uh, I reach out to people if they reach out to me. That was a big thing for me. And this is what I actually love about you that you did as well. And it's something I did, too reaching out to someone without even worrying about what's going to happen and i did the same thing for my podcast i came across someone that she traveled the world quit her job and just did it and she's still doing it so i said hey you know i'm doing this podcast i want you to be on it she said absolutely so when you did that i was like yeah this is awesome and just run with it be happy and you find out who you are when you're letting go of all these worries doubts and fears and just doing it
0: joe locastro it sounds like you're having fun with this man and and any job that you would do for free uh, is the job you should be doing man and and, and yes uh, you can make a couple bucks doing the the, the readings and stuff now when you mention your your guides is that spiritual guides or or actual living human guides you're talking about
1: that's interesting, well, i mean i like what you said but hold on, let me i'll answer that quickly my spirit guides I always respect my ancestors because without my ancestors, I wouldn't be here. They're the ones who, you know, the lineage, my spirit guides are the ones that will help me connect to someone or help me with my path with intuitive messages. So I can't really read myself. I might be able to get little hints of something cause it's kind of ruining my story. And sometimes it's annoying, but I can't read myself. <laughs> so it's important. We all need people, right? We need, we need help. We need sure. to be okay with asking for help, but they're the ones who will tell me, um, so how I pick up the, the messages is how I feel your energy and on the phone talking to someone I can hear their voice and I explain it in the sense of downloading a website because the internet you get the packet <clears throat> excuse me, and it comes up and you get to see it on your screen. So I'm downloading your energy, it's an energy transfer and that's what's happening and I pick it and I feel it and I see images and I listen to them help me understand the best way to explain it to the individual. And it's really wild because they, they actually they're almost like me and you on a different plane. They'll change up the whole system on me one day where I used to be able to just give them the reading right away on the phone and start. Now they're they're telling me I got to write down the subjects and then we're going to go into each subject. So they're di- it's different. But I pick up on someone's energy and I could be in physical form. It could be on a voice. It could be. But I don't do that all the time just like i'm still joe i still have to cook i still have my own life and obstacles and some people think that being psychic intuitive you know everything and i I don't i don't know everything i uh i still have to live
0: Joe, it's a millennial's third eye and from what I I understand and from what I'm getting, uh, the third eye is looking out. It's not looking inward. You know, for the most part, it's looking out. And, and so to be able to read yourself, yeah, I think you need some help from another eye that's looking at you. Uh, this is just, you know, metaphorical if you will or uh, or metaphysical, <laughs> but uh, but that's that's what I'm getting, you know, and from the outside looking in, you could see other people and read their energy. And not necessarily read your own. And I'm guessing you, you're you very insightful about things uh, of, of yourself. And, and I'm glad that you have the, the cooking job. I mean, what, do you, what are you doing these days, uh, cooking-wise?
1: So that's actually an interesting question. Please. And I'm going to tell you why it's interesting to me. Because before um, the six months when I was working and I still didn't quit yet or I didn't take a break, I was still in the mindset of I'm not not happy and I was in that cycle and I would go to work and have the same mindset. So not only am I back cooking again on my own journey, but I'm actually this time progressing using mindfulness. So if there's days where, hey, I'm going to wake up and be like, I don't want to go to work today. (laughs) But you know what? I'll go, what can I do to set my intentional energy to learn and put into practice today? So, for example, the other day I said, you know what? I'm gonna set it so that I'm gonna use my energy to influence the room. I'm not gonna let the room influence me. And that's the empathic part of us where someone might bring us down energetically and we don't even know it, or someone's mood can affect us. So instead of someone's mood affecting me in a negative way, I'm gonna lift everyone up in a positive way. And that really does work. And the, like the example of the coleslaw, I was like, you're gonna love this coleslaw, a little bit of alchemy in a sense, you're making it into positive energy. And that's exactly what happens. People will, you know, it affects them and then they feel it and they taste it. So I set the progress on ma- on mindfulness and being more aware of others in the sense of not just being on, uh, not being selfish. How can I help them? Why, what can, are they playing a part in my life? Is there something that I need to learn instead of just reacting to someone's sadness or emotion? And it's not easy. We have moments where We just want to snap or we are upset right away. So it's taking a step back and detaching and seeing it on a different view instead of my own or my own emotions or my own reaction. How can I see it in their view or what's going on with them? And it's it's been fun, man. It's not just cooking. It's challenging.
0: Man, I, Joe, I love the way you talk, man. And I hope uh, my listeners uh, uh, make their way on over to the Millennial's Third Eye. Now, are you working at a restaurant? Can people go to this restaurant? and they come and eat your food, Joe LoCastro?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you can you come check me out. Right now I'm at uh, Laura's Family Restaurant, which is in Poughkeepsie, New York. If you're in the area, we have uh, specials every new specials every Thursday. We switch it up. It's all what we call comfort food. But it's all fresh. So if I'm making it right now, I got fresh pasta coming up soon, whipping up some yeah. fresh pasta. So we got some of that. We got some good stuff. And I like to do it because, you know what, it's good energy here. My boss is a really cool individual, which is rare to find someone to just, you know, be yourself to go to work and have fun. And that's what I got now. So it's it's really good energy, good fun, uh, diversity in the sense of food and, and comfort food. So come on by. Come check it out. I actually, had a friend from California stop by not too long ago. She was in the city, and she said, "You know what? I'm gonna take the train and come see you at your uh, your job." And I was like, "Come on down!" And that's just, uh, that's awesome. I like that you
0: said family restaurant, man, because I've been to a lot of those kitschy restaurants, and the food is terrible uh you know those ones that have a lot of things on the walls and i'm not going to mention any names because i don't like to put businesses down but but a a nice family restaurant do you have a lot of freedom in the kitchen to to create things of your own or are you working for somebody else or are you the head chef
1: i'm the head chef and um, i totally have freedom and you know what's interesting Because I almost went and did a dual degree at the the Culinary... I went to the Culinary Institute of America. So I graduated there with my Culinary Arts degree. But I was almost going to do a dual degree and go for baking. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because I um It's not going to be a secret anymore, but I love baking. I really do. And I made apple pie. And I love it so much that I share pictures with it on Facebook. But what's happening now is... It's not that I don't want to. It's just more work, which is totally fine. People are going, wow, what's the recipe? I'm going... Uh, I'll get it to you, but I got it for the work in now and type it up But I love it so much that I'm making it taking pictures the before and after so it's been fun it's just different and When when you can be free in the kitchen and be happy to do what you want to do at any time and just because people trust you it's it's more comforting because there isn't this pressure and anxiety to make it perfect for the first time and expectation and you can't breathe because there's, there's been places where it's just cutthroat, man. And they just don't, they're just pushing you to become um, the best individual you can be. But at the same time, for me, it was difficult because I'm a sensitive, caring individual. So there'll be moments where at, at a younger age, I'm like, I don't know what I did wrong. Or is he mad at me? Is my boss mad at me? So there's those moments of immaturity and this this difficulty to perform because. You're being told and yelled at to do all these things. You're like, how am I supposed to do this? Especially with me. I have ADD. Oh, and okay. <laughs> obviously, probably because I'm jumping around with do- different topics. But no, it's working out
0: <laughs> just fine, man. I'm enjoying it.
1: <laughs> but it's it's been really good, especially here. It's comforting. It's laid back. I could just be myself, cook, and be free to be uh, spontaneous if, if wanted in That's a good way.
0: Excellent. Laura's Family Restaurant in Poughkeepsie new york mm-hmm. that's fantastic all right so uh what's in the future for joseph lo castro
1: i think it's funny because i i tell everyone that watches me and i do it in a positive way i don't want anyone to think out there like oh is see he, he wants to be famous and i tell everyone this because this is what i personally want i want everyone to be uh positive in their own wants and needs to affirm it and what I mean is if they want to be um, a singer, be a singer. I am a singer. I'm going to be affirm firm in the sense of positivity. So I told everyone, I was like, I'm, I'm famous. And I'm famous because I want to help others in, in a positive way, not in the sense of money. Or if it's money involved, sure. More money, the more I'm able to help others with money as well and give away more. But I, I find it interesting because when you when you message me, because I tell my mom, like, Mom, I'm famous. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I didn't think about it, and I looked back after, I went, how did you become famous? I'm like, oh, so I'm going to be famous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe a little bit more famous than you already were.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. I'm still grateful either way. But uh, in the future, um, what I'm predicting for myself and what I want in the next year, I see a lot of good things for myself in the sense of uh, just good good things happening on a higher scale than they have before already this year. And Honestly, I'll say it again, I I love everyone. I've met so many great caring individuals that are just like us in the world. They're just different people, different experiences. Some of them have helped me and and at times I've taken for granted um, what they were participating in my life for. And We look at things that sometimes as face value instead of what did they help me with or what did I take from this in a good way? So I'm just grateful to see things on a whole different viewpoint because honestly, the best people, regardless of, we're all good people, but the most caring and understanding individuals have gone through so many difficult things. So giving readings at times, it's it's hard because you hear so many difficult stories and you have to also, you know, I want to help them get through what they're going through while they have to hear that message. But we don't realize what someone's going through all the time. And if there's anything I can I can add to this in the sense of the future is that I'm just going to be the best version of myself as I continue. And I want to be able to help as many people and just share that concept with everyone around that I can in and in a good way, not annoying, you know, not just going to work and be like, Hey, stay positive. But,
0: just those two words man and you you mentioned the catering staff that only said a couple of words stay positive you don't know how much that means to some people i mean there might be somebody that's so glum they might be contemplating you know doing bad things harmful things to themselves or others and you just taking the time out to smile and say stay positive you may have change the course of their lives man and that's what you're doing Uh with your readings you're you're not just you know telling people about you know their past lives and and other aspects but you're connecting with people and that's what a lot of people need is that that connection so joe lo castro man good on you you're becoming that person to motivate them to uh, spiritually uplift them and hey put a little food in their belly too while they're while you're at it man put that love in the food i love it that's fantastic
1: it's and- a really really true um, we really don't we really don't realize like the impact we have on small or large scale to help someone and that's it could be it's truly like it, it could be like hey how's your day today and It's like the guy at the gas station or someone at um you know your local coffee shop and just your smile and energy it helps us too. Like we, us helping someone helps us in return. And it's not about the intent of what do I get out of something. It's more or less just knowing that. And we don't we don't know that all the time. So I love it. I love being able to hear and and see someone change over over your personal or physical moment of talking to someone. And so I'm just happy to be me, and I like to share that with everyone around the world as as I progress in podcasts millennials third eye on facebook or itunes whatever it may be but i'm all over i'm on youtube too i try to balance it out but yeah
0: Joe am just chasing my dream yeah that's what I, it comes down to yeah i mean I, i'm the guy that uh in lines or at the gas station is going to strike up a conversation with you and i try to read people's faces if i know they're not into it hey i'll back off no problem but hey i'll, I'll give a chit chat to almost anybody and I'm, I'm very happy about that and i'm happy to know you joseph locastro a millennial's third eye a uh, millennial i love that man uh, you know i'm i'm 50 and you're you're nearly half my age man but you're you, you've taught me some things and I've I've learned some things from you man and I appreciate you spending the time with me so uh, give the people the the idea I mean the uh, the actual addresses and how they can get a hold of you and and, uh, and yeah absolutely
1: one of the um and for everyone out there listening and this is something I think I wanted to share I forgot about but one of the things that I would come across is um, you know there's a I forget his name but yeah, motivational guy. Does a lot of videos, but I didn't like that you can't talk to some of these people. Like you should be able to I know, look, I can't reach everyone. I can't message everyone back. but right. I, I do respond. And that was one of the things I like personal connection at times in the sense of being able to reach out. And if you're ever um come across my page on Facebook, if you want to set up an appointment for, a full reading or intuitive um, sessions just reach out message me ask any questions and i'm on facebook i'm on itunes for a millennial's third eye for podcasts i have a bunch of them you could just check out also on youtube same name Millennial third eye but either way i'm joe i'm here in the world just like you and i like to lift people up and then hey keep your head up smile don't let anything bring you down and just look forward and chase your dreams stay hungry so
0: nice to meet you
1: joe nice to meet you Ben.
0: <laughs> i'll put all those links in the in the show notes for sure and uh man you've you pretty much wrapped it up but uh a- any last words for the people
1: oh there's always something right give me a second let me just feel this out because like, we said a lot and i want to put it in a really simple impacted form just know that we all have our own experiences in life and you're not alone in the sense of what you're going through, what you're dealing with. There's someone out there that might have something similar, and it it really it really impacted me when I realized in the subway in the city during my internship is that there's so many people on the subway and they're quiet reading a book, but yet we have so many things in common, but we don't even know about it. And one of the beautiful things about what I do is that a lot of people come together on my Facebook live or chats or even in groups. And I let, I encourage it to talk to each other no matter what. And you'll be surprised that who might be going through something that you needed to hear, Um, especially in my own live feed. I don't just like to keep myself the only person talking i correspond everyone in it so keep your head up don't let this moment or something traumatic keep you from being able to breathe and being able to connect with someone that is just like you and we're all similar in one way or another that's it
0: well there you have it party people Joseph LoCastro, Joe, a millennial's third eye. Check out his podcast. And if you're in the Pekispy, 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 I guess I need to learn how to say that. I must have said it right at one point. (laughs) If you're you're up there in New York, I encourage you to go to Laura's family restaurant and have some food, man. He's going to make it with love just for you. Get a reading done help maybe help you uh with your energies if you're feeling down if you're feeling up get together with joseph locastro a millennial's third eye keep an open mind learn more things maybe he'll teach you something maybe he'll bring out something that you didn't know about yourself or your family or your friends man he's here to help and i'm glad i got the chance to talk to him thank you joe for being on the program, What Makes You Famous. That's it for this edition. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at what.com That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace, I'm out of here. Be on Radio What's. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcasts on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What, the music you want with some great quotes. A diplomat is a man who always remembers a woman's birthday, but never remembers her age. Robert Frost. The music you want. Radio com